Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicia, who's on the line. Hey, good, good morning, Kedra. Good morning, Kedra. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Sister Yvonne, and happy Wednesday to you. God's got our back. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you, too. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you. You, too. Thank you. Good morning, it's Diane. Good happy morning, Wednesday. Diane. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning. It's grateful, Deborah Evans. Good morning, all. Good morning, grateful Deborah Evans. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, you too. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacito. Who else has joined us? Good morning, Shonda. Good morning, Shonda. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Valacita. This is Bubbly. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Bubbly. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita, who's on the line. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Valuable. This is Gloriously Grace Gloria. Happy Good Wednesday. Morning. Thank you. Good morning to you, Gloria. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. This is Chantel. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Chantel. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Hey, good morning. It's Didi. I love Ashante. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you too. And good morning, Dynamite Didi. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. 
Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who's on the line? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Good morning. This is Cynthia. Good morning, Cynthia. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Valacita. Thank you. Good morning. This is Dr. Chris. Good morning, Dr. Chris. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Okay, at this time, we're going to ask everyone to please place their phones on mute and we'll begin the hosting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. Be sure to continue joining us daily during June, where our new monthly theme is entitled Order. This means that all of our declarations will be focused on us understanding order according to the mind, heart, and will of God. There are two announcements today. Today is the day that Declare Victory Fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you'd like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. when we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through your PayPal account at paypal.me forward slash declare victory or through Cash App at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings for our Heavenly Father be returned to you for giving and trusting in Him. There are no new prayer requests from the app. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Tanya, declaration by Dion, and then the closing comments will be hosted by Dion. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise by Tanya, declaration by Dion, and then closing comments hosted by Dion. The scripture for today is Exodus chapter 27, verse 21. In the tent of meeting, outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. 
we would also like to ask you to please maintain your volume and tone of your prayers to a reasonable level to not pray over the prayer warrior's voice as they are leading us to the throne. Thank you for your participation and cooperation. I now pass the call to Tanya. Have a blessed day. Good morning. Valcita, just making sure you can hear me okay. Yes, I can. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, Good morning, everybody. As we prepare ourselves for prayer, for prayer, um, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, I, I just feel very, very pressed to, uh, we will have a time of silence at one point during the prayer, and um, it'll just be for, for a few seconds, uh, maybe 60 seconds or so, but during that time of silence, please don't come off of mute, and please use that time to ask God to speak to you. Okay, um, and then when we go into corporate praise, I want us to also do something different, and that is to, um, if you are not driving uh, or if you're not at work, I want you to clap your hands and to give God a shout of praise during the corporate praise. All right, all right, hopefully that, that y'all got that, and we're going to enter a prayer again. Please check your phone just before I get started. Father, we just magnify you today. We are so thankful for this opportunity to come before your presence this morning. Thank you for shelter and provision and transportation. Thank you for the food that you've blessed us with. Thank you, God, for those of us that are preparing for to go to work or <clears throat> open our businesses up this morning. Even if it is just to, even if it is working from home, I thank you for, um, and someone please mute your line. Someone please mute your line. Thank you. We thank you, God, that you have made the way for us to be able to provide for our households because your word says that if a man provide not for his household, he is worse than an infidel. Father, we thank you for good health. Uh, thank you that we are alive, that we have our sensory perception, that we have the ability to even get on this call this morning. And Holy Spirit, we praise you because you are a keeper. You didn't keep us against our will. You kept us because we wanted to be kept. God, our Father, we magnify you because you are a great king, uh, the great Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkinu, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rapha. You are El Shaddai, the Almighty. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because you are the lifter of our heads. Even when situations come along, when trials and temptations come, those things that would attempt to knock us to our knees, we thank you that while we are on our knees, that we can lift our hands in praise, knowing that you love us enough, that you trust us enough with the particular trial that we are that we've been faced with. You trust us with that and you know the outcome even before we get to the end. God, we celebrate you for that. We lift up our families today. We lift up marriages today um, and our families, the family, family dynamic that you ordained, not what man is creating, but the family dynamic that you ordained. We lift up our marriages to you, God, and we ask that you would bless uh, those marriages. Please put your phone on mute. Please put your phone on mute. We lift up marriages to you today, God, and ask that you would bless that husband and that wife 
that husband, that wife, they're frustrated, that might be frustrated with each other, that might feel like, what is the use? I might as well give up. We thank you, God, that you give them a mind to seek your face. We thank you, God, that you give them a mind to say yes to you. We thank you, God, that you give them a mind to humble themselves. We pray for our children, whether they are minors or adult children. God, thank you for covering them. Thank you for protecting them. Thank you, Lord, for allowing them to see the light. Because according to the scripture in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, you talk about how that men that are in light, they just don't know. They've been fooled. They've been bamboozled. They've been duped by the God of this world with a little G um, that has blinded their eyes. But Father, we thank you for the light of the good news that they are able to see through us, not by us badgering them, not by us judging them, but by simply demonstrating your love, the love that even drew us. Hallelujah. God, we bless your holy name. We pray for our leaders from the national to the local level in our secular arena. We pray for our leaders from the national to the local level in the body of Christ. Those that lack wisdom in navigating the change that has come. Those that, re that, that believe that they can continue to operate like they used to. This is a new day. It's a new era. And I thank you, God, that you give them direction. I thank you, Father, that you give them a mind to seek your face, especially those leaders, those pastors and bishops and apostles, whatever title they have. Father, we thank you that they're not caught up in the title anymore, that they, that they focus on you and the work at hand. God, we lift up the sick and the afflicted, whether they're at home, in the hospital, or on hospice. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are healer. Your word says that you came to forgive us of all of our sins and heal us of all our diseases. So, Father, we lift up every person, even if they are on this call this morning or will be listening to the playback. We thank you, God, for giving them a mind to believe your word first, to search out the scriptures as according to the promise of healing. And then they begin to apply that word to them. And for those that have relatives and loved ones and family, or excuse me, friends that, that are sick and afflicted in their bodies, Father, we thank you that you give them a mind as that friend to stand in the gap for them. And that they begin to pray your word as it pertains to healing. And we lift up caretakers, those that are responsible for taking care of those that are sick and afflicted in their bodies. God, that you would give them strength, that you would give them the stamina that's needed in order to continue to provide the care that's needed. And especially for those that are dealing with um, our, rel our family members that are older. Lord, get that you would give them the wisdom that's necessary and how to navigate and how to handle and work with those individuals that are older. And so often our incarcerated brothers and sisters and family members get uh, left out. But today we lift them up before you. We lift them, those that are up, that are behind bars, those that are still on paper, whatever the situation may be, we lift them up before you, God. And we thank you and praise you for those that are living for you, that are sharing the gospel behind bars, just like Paul and so many other of our uh, uh, patriarchs did, our spiritual patriarchs did. We lift them up, especially uh, the family and the loved ones of those individuals, particularly the children. We lift up our social services system and all that that encompasses, Lord. We lift up those that are dependent upon those systems. We thank you, God, for a justice system, 
a just system. We thank you, God, for those that are responsible for making decisions, hard decisions, that you guide them just as you guide the streams of the water. For your the word says the heart of the king is in your hands, the king representing the decision makers. Lord Jesus, as we prepare to listen to your voice this morning, we thank you for helping us, Lord Jesus, to ask the right questions. And as we uh, enter into a period of silence, we thank you that we honor you this morning. Now, Lord God, as we begin to take our phones off of mute, we celebrate you because you are our great God and King. And we clap our hands. Yes, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Glory to the Most High God, who is great and greatly to be praised. God, there's none like you in all the earth. Amen, amen, and amen again. Hey, y'all, it is Wednesday. And as shared on last week, um, today is, well, the second week of us fasting on both Wednesday and Friday. For those of you that have been given the charge by the Holy Spirit, I just make uh, the declarations. And for those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, the word guarantees that we shall be filled. And listen, y'all, this morning, I've got proof. Uh, I have evidence that when you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, he will be faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And he is a God of restoration. He restores the breach. He restores those things that the enemy has attempted to steal from us. I believe it's a season of reconciliation, redemption, uh, reparation, and restoration. And if you would um, humor me, but more importantly, if you would honor God with your life, I believe that there are some things that you have been seeking God for, that you've been asking God about, that you have been um, really crying out down on the inside that God wants to do for you. But you have to participate in your own healing. Amen. Amen. So, of course, it's the day we have set aside for fasting and for prayer. Um, it's a time where I believe that if you dedicate some time to really, really seeking God, that you will feed your spirit man. And we know that when we walk in the spirit, we will not yield to the lust of the flesh. And I'm not just talking about uh, physical infractions. I'm talking about really being in sync with Holy Spirit and being led by the power that works on the inside of us and being able to supersede even our own expectation with regard to being directed, um, our steps being ordered in the direction that God has already written for each of us. Um, I've had a really interesting week and a half um, I got some orders and some instructions. And as we've been talking about order, Eric, on yesterday, um, Leticia from Arizona on Monday, I, I, and as we are wrapping up this sixth month of the year, I know that for some of us that have been in a holding pattern or a waiting season, that God is about to deliver some fresh instructions, some rhema words to all of those that have an ear to hear this morning. Um, for, for sure there is uh, a word from the Lord. I, I've really been asking God some questions. As you know, for me, it is literally the end of an era, um, the end of a season, a long, arduous season. <laughs> But I'm confident that none of it is in vain. And this morning, we are going to venture into the words. And I want to give a quick reminder. I hear someone's background noise. You may be new to the call. 
and perhaps the person that invited you did not share, that once you jump online, um, it is best for you to mute your line just so that we have continuity during the call. And for those that may listen to the playback, it will be uninterrupted. Um, I'm going to take us um, to the book of Exodus this morning. Um, I have in times past, so not taught a whole bunch out of the Old Testament, but this is a monumental moment. Right before I go into the Word, I want to share with you all a very transparent moment um, of mine. You guys know I'm called to tell all my business. I don't have a whole bunch of secrets. <laughs> uh, I wish I could have some. Um, but on the day before yesterday, um, I was spending some time uh, taking care of some uh, what I would call loose ends, and I was searching for something in an old cloud account that I have. And while searching, I noticed my handwriting, but I also noticed um, a familiar sight in that handwriting that whatever it is that I had written down, I could tell that it was probably during a time of either fasting or I had been awakened from from sleeping or in the middle of like a lucid dream. And as I began to read the chicken scratch that I had written down, I had very specific dates written. Now, mind you, I don't recall taking a picture of this writing, um, but what I noticed was it said January 25th, and I was celebrating having spent the last six months praying in the morning with what was then seven years ago to the date, the day before yesterday, um, where Declare Victory was born. Seven years ago, the photo itself was dated, and I'll share it in the victory room because what, what I need you all to get is that sometimes God will give you keys through your history. And what I noticed was that it was dated January uh, 25th was the start date, but the date that I was chronicling was June 22nd, seven years ago. Today is June 23rd. In that moment, the very presence of the Lord sat on me, and I could feel the weight of an answer, uh, the weight of an answer. And in reading what I had chronicled, uh, please mute your phone. In, in that moment, I could feel, um, I could almost smell, I could hear uh, the presence of God. And it, it's an amazing thing when you obey God, even when you didn't necessarily mean to, if that makes sense. Declare Victory has been such a pivotal place for me personally. It has been um, a monument during some of the most difficult seasons and times of my life. And 
it was as if God reminded me that we had spun full circle and that not only is this movement alive, um, but that it was in perfect sync with what was already written in the books of me. As I read that that journal entry, um, I began to scroll through what had been written down. And what I discovered, and this is from the years 2002 until now, there were 21 pages of instructions concerning declare victory, concerning what I'm responsible for in the earth, and concerning um, what I had been asking God as this season has shifted. While going through these entries, the Lord reminded me um, that I am responsible for the noise of war. Dion, what are you talking about? I promise I'll explain. For a very, very long time, um, it's one thing to recognize your difference. It's another thing to understand why different. What I also discovered in reading through these pages is that God had given me keys to the next level. These keys were written in my own handwriting. It's funny how God will use you to move you, to encourage you, and to change you to the next level. We have heard multiple times, I'm sure, in the, in the history of our own individual lives, um, how Habakkuk, the second chapter, says, write the vision, make it plain, so that they that read it may run. Though it tarry, it shall speak and not lie. Wait on it. As I read through these pages, if I hadn't had any faith, if I didn't already know that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, if I didn't recognize that he is, I am that I am, that moment in time reminded me never to forget to remember. Don't ever forget to remember where he's brought you from. The key is if you have not in times past journaled, if you have not documented the truth of what God has done and brought you from, this was a reminder for me to remind you it is imperative that as you go through, you write down some things that are significant about what it is that you've gone through, about what it is that you've experienced. What I found peculiar was that in all of these writings, um, the last entry on paper in this particular um, series of writings was in 2014. We're seven years outside of that. 
everything else has been documented via electronic methods. So I use my my phone to write notes. That being said, let me let me give you some of uh, some of what this scripture uh, refreshed in my heart. So again, we're at Exodus thirty two. Um, you know, I'm going to read the whole passage. I, I didn't want to, but I want you to hear and to get, but more importantly, in all thy getting, get an understanding that God's orders are always sure. He never uh, leads us into a place unless there is need of us there. So it says, when the people realized that Moses was taking forever and coming down off the mountain, they rallied around Aaron and said, do something. Make gods for us who will lead us. That, Mo that Moses, the man who got us out of Egypt, who knows what happened to him. So Aaron told them to take off the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. They all did it. They removed the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands and cast them into the form of a calf, shaping them with an engraving tool. The people responded with enthusiasm. These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up from Egypt. Aaron, Taking in the situation, built an altar before the calf. Aaron then announced, tomorrow is a feast day to God. Early the next morning, the people got up and offered whole burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and then began to party. It turned into a wild party. And this is the message version. I'm sorry. God spoke to Moses, go, get down there. Your people who you brought up from the land of Egypt have fallen to pieces. In no time at all, they turned away from the way I commanded them. They made a molten calf and worshipped it. They've sacrificed to it and said, these are the gods of Israel that brought us out of the land of Egypt. And God said to Moses, look at the people. What a stubborn, hard-headed people. Let me alone now. Give my anger free reign to burst into flames and incinerate them. But I'll make a great nation of you, he conferred to Moses. Moses tried to calm God down. He said, why, God, would you lose your temper with your, temper with your people? Why, you brought them out of Egypt in a tr tremendous demonstration of power and strength. Why let the Egyptians say he had it in for them? He brought them out so he could kill them in the mountains, wipe them right off the face of the earth. Stop your anger. Think twice about bringing evil against your people. Think of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, whom you gave your word, telling them, I will give you many children, as many as the stars in the sky. And I'll give you this land to your children and their land forever. And God did think twice. He decided not to do the evil he had threatened against his people. And Moses turned around and came down from the mountain. Listen, carrying the two tablets 
of the testimony. The tablets were written on both sides, front and back. God made the tablets and God wrote the tablets, engraved them. When Joshua heard the sound of the people shouting noisily, he said to Moses, that's the sound of war in the camp. But Moses said, those aren't songs of victory and those aren't songs of defeat. I hear songs of people throwing a party. And that's exactly what it was. When Moses came near to the camp and saw the calf and the people dancing, his anger flared. He threw down the tablets and smashed them to pieces at the front of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and melted it down with fire, pulverized it into powder, then scattered it on the water and made the Israelites drink it. Moses said to Aaron, what on earth did these people ever do to you that you'd involve them with this huge sin? And Aaron said, Master, don't be angry. You know this people and how set on evil they are. They said to me, make us a God who will lead us. This Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happening to him. So I said, who has gold? And they took off their jewelry and gave it to me. And I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Moses saw that the people were simply running wild. Aaron had let them run wild, disgracing themselves before their enemies. He took up a position at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is on God's side, join me. And all the Levites stepped up. He then told them God's orders, the God of Israel, strap on your sword and go to work. Crisscross the camp from one end to the other. Kill brother, friend, neighbor. The Levites carried out Moses' orders. 3,000 of the people were killed that day. And Moses said, you confirmed your ordination today and at great cost even killing your sons and your brothers, and God blessed you. The next day, Moses addressed the people. You have sinned an enormous sin, but I'm going to go up to God. Maybe I'll, be, maybe I'll be able to clear you of your sin. Moses went back to God and said, this is terrible. This people have sinned. It's an enormous sin. They made God of gold for themselves. And now, if only you will forgive their sins, but if not, erase me out of the book that you have written. God said to Moses, I'll only erase from my books those who further sin against me. For right now, you go and lead the people to where I told you. Look, my angel is going ahead of you on the day on the day, though when I settle accounts, their sins will certainly be a part of the settlement. God sent a plague on the people because of the calf they and Aaron had made. I know that was a lot. I would encourage you to go back and read it for yourself. 
as we encroach upon um, really recognizing that things are very different. If you read this passage of scripture and even how it ends um, on the heels of COVID-19, um, the realization that God had technically sat us down for a season to revisit all the things that we have put ahead of him, the demonstration of impatience that we've had in the process. And if you notice, there were several different things that will um, kind of remind you of what, what I said before with regard to the fact that all of our lives are written in the books of heaven. In affirmation, God reiterates here in the word where he tells Moses, these are all the days that I have written in my books of you. Uh, on the heels of recognizing that this season, these last 18 months where we've had an opportunity really to examine our hearts and examine our lives. I wonder if you've ever written anything down. What I recognize about the things that I had written down historically is some of my, uh, the things that I knew that I struggled with, some of the shortcomings that I knew that I had. Writing things down helps us to revisit and to really pay attention to the things that we've done historically or the things that are generationally happening in our lives. Those tablets represent the keys to certain things where the Holy Spirit will give you some of what to write so that you have uh, benchmarks, so that you have monuments, so that you understand that God knows everything that you're dealing with all the time. The problem is a lot of times we get patient in the waiting process and we put other things before his plan for our lives. We put other things in the way of us getting to the place that he declared that we would go. We put things and people and objects ahead of the perfect will of God for our lives. Here I'm reading uh, what I have written, and I noticed that there there were things in, in times where God would give me instructions on fasting. What's the last thing that God told you to do? As I read what I had written, what I saw over and over and over again, even on that, that day seven years ago, what was declared was something is happening in my prayer life. And while I had a prayer life before, and I had been praying, I had been talking to God, he was breaking the bands of religiosity and tradition off of my prayer languages. He was taking the things of old and reconciling them with what had already been written. But had I not documented that, I wouldn't remember that once upon a time, I used to pray, oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, we give honor to you in Jesus' name. Father God, Lord, we thank you, God, over and over again. There are so many things that he unveiled to me. He cracked it open so vividly that it would not, um, it was, there was no way that I could not acknowledge how much 
he has stretched and pulled me, how much he has broken the idols off my heart, how much he has um, commanded and caused me to kill things that were surrounding me, kill relationships and situations and circumstances, things that I had put on an altar and built an altar around. It is like he showed me how to tear down the altars in my heart that I had built up in order to protect myself, not recognizing that we never have to protect ourselves because he is our defender. I realized as I read that there are things that declare victory um, was called to do that I may never see. It was too grand for me to grasp all at one time. I read through certain pieces, but I didn't have the courage to read it all because I know that it means that I've got to do something different. What it reminded me of is that he brought me out of Egypt and there's nothing in Egypt that I want. Not the altars that I would build, not the relationships that he capsized, uh, but what I noticed more than anything is that what I had written, all it did was increase my faith. It increased my faith in such a way that I don't know that I'll ever look at anything the same. I call those moments kaleidoscope moments. And I've said this a couple of times over the last few weeks, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. One of the things that I realize about um, coming into uh, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit is you have these moments where something will happen in your mind and it will change your perspective on a huge scale. And when you you remember as a child, if you would turn the kaleidoscope, the little magnetic pieces would shift and change, but you could never get the same picture back twice. Once you turn it, it has changed forever. My prayer this morning is that you not only hear me, but if you've not done so, considering today is a fasting day, I want to challenge you today to take pen to paper and begin to write down parts of your journey, not just for you, but I want to I bring something to your attention. This word of God that we read, um, this word that we study on a constant base, I'm sure probably looks similar to my chicken scratch. I'm sure that it, it was um, written and chronicled in such a way that it had to go back and be deciphered. Like I went to, to Kinko's. I didn't even use my own printer. That's how serious I was. I went to Kinko's and printed it out and binded it because you never know what your children or your grandchildren, when you've gone on, that they'll be able to look back at the history of their family uh, uh history and note that God has been sovereign throughout the time. It could be the thing, the catalyst, and this is again, instruction from God where they recognize how to kill old generational curses and things that have happened um, that were iniquitous in your family bloodline and family history. God is doing something new and you need for you to write them down 
so that you know, number one, where you're going. As I read those 21 pages, he gave me instructions, every book title, um, every ministry uh, name, what the functionality of it is. I don't even remember writing all of this stuff, let alone taking pictures and, and creating something in, in, in the cloud space. I don't remember any of that. But I'm so grateful. And wouldn't it be just like God for me not to be looking for it, but for him to bring it to my attention? I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and he shared with me, I was looking through uh, the word trying to find in the New Testament after Jesus had come, getting instructions from God, people asking, what do I do? Where do I go? If you read the Old Testament, you'll see over and over and over again where the people will ask, God, shall I pursue? Do I go down? Shall I stay up? But in the New Testament, it's a little bit different because Jesus had come. And because he said, I will leave with you a comforter, we have a com an internal companion that will never leave us misguided. How do I know that? Throughout the course of my journey, when I really recognized that the Holy Spirit, for real, lived on the inside of me and that everywhere I go, I take him. Everything I do, I introduce him to. If it's, if it's being drunk, if it's fornicating, if it's being high, if it's being a liar, everything we do, we take the Holy Spirit with us. We, we force him to participate in our ill thinking, in our ill will, in our poor motives, in our undisciplined life. But when you start to write down the things that you know you struggle with and you begin to partner with the Holy Spirit, he will help you kill some things. I came this morning to tell you there are some things that God wants to kill. There are some things that you put ahead of him, that you've made an altar around, that you've been worshiping, some lifestyle choices that aren't serving you, some things that make God frustrated and angry with your process and your path. And when you write down, you have an opportunity to be 100% transparent with you. You have permission to go ahead and tell you the truth about what you are asking God to deliver you from. And then, guess what? I got to look at some of my raggedy stuff, right? I got to look at some of the things that God is gracious enough and has been consistently kind enough to help me pilfer through to overcome so that I could get to the truth of who he is. Nothing more, nothing less. This season... Uh, is not about the emotionalism. It's about knowing that there's something inside of you. That there, it would be impossible for you to worship anything other than the God of your salvation when you agree with what he's already written of you. And when you have the courage to go ahead, number one, and agree, more importantly, repent from historical things and begin to kill off those things that keep you separate from what it is that's written of you. I know that's a lot to process. I'm not interested in preaching. I want somebody this morning to get it. I want you to be free, not just free, but the kind of free that's contagious.
the kind of free that makes people say, what is it in you that's different? How do I get to that? Where do I go to see that? I'm going to tell you one thing, God's orders. You're going to have to kill some stuff. That means some of those desires, we're going to have to hunger and thirst for that righteousness, the thing. And I'm not talking about being high-minded. I'm not talking about acting like you've never done anything or been. I'm talking about those things that you know you struggle with. Those things that you know are a hindrance to you living your best life right now. It could be a shopping addiction. It could be food. It could be you consistently telling little white lies. It could be you not having control over your physical body. It could be the lust of your flesh, the lust of the eye. It could be envy. It could be jealousy. But whatever it is, I want to encourage you today to kill it. I want to tell you what the orders of the Lord are, because keep in mind, all of that stuff is going to be factored into the bill. We got a a running tab, y'all. Not only are you to kill the things that are keeping you from going where it is that God has for you to go, but I need you to know that you are instrumental in the earth. There are things that God has a desire for you to do. There are places that God is going to send you, but not until you're ready. That means you got to kill some stuff. That means you got to know exactly where you're going. I was created to help build kingdom intercessors. The noise of war. I never understood what our corporate prayer and praise was. That is the noise of war. And wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if everybody located their authentic sound without all the residue of the idols, without all the residue of unclean hands, without all the residue of you trying to control your life, without all the residue of you being lost and unsure, without all the residue of the altars of your heart being in the way of really being able to give God pure, unadulterated, unhindered, unhampered worship, not because you need something, not because Even he delivered you, but because he is, hallelujah, the great I am, wouldn't it be nice to not have shackles of any sort on our feet? Can you imagine what the sound would be like if we just worshiped from our purest place? If we just gave him glory and honor from the place that is untainted, not because we've never done anything, but because we recognize that we are sons. Because we understand the office and that we stand in. And I'm not talking about a title. I'm talking about being a son. That means that you're an heir. That means that I'm an heir. The people forgot to remember what God had done and who he used to do it. The people had lost sight of the fact that God had already delivered them out. When you write it down, it's impossible to forget. When you write it down, it gives you a different hunger for righteousness. When you write it down and he provokes you to read it again, Dion, don't forget to remember it's where I found that little video. And I didn't remember that I had even kept it. I thought it was in some old app. And I'm looking and I'm listening and saying to myself, God, not only did you deliver me, but you kept my mind. Hallelujah. You kept me from snapping out, Father. 
You helped me to tear down all the things that have been in the way. I remember when he first made me sit down and I couldn't go outside. I remember standing in the window crying and thinking to myself, I don't want to do this. What is this? It was him teaching me how to kill what my plan was. It was him teaching me how to understand that not my will, but your will be done, Abba. It was him saying, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I didn't understand it then. I didn't know what it was. Josiah wasn't even sick when he started. He started breaking me. I, I started writing down what I was experiencing, some of the things when he told me to leave everything and move to Atlanta. And in 30 days, I had to go with nothing, with no plan, with no understanding. I'm reading and I had to trust him with everything that I had. That meant I had to kill fear. I had to kill it with a double-edged blade to take three children, eight bags and $600, 3,000 miles away from everything that was familiar and live in a basement apartment with no windows. Leaving behind the 3,000 square foot home that cost $800,000, not knowing how I was gonna pay my rent from month to month. Leaving $20,000 a month to go to uncertainty, not because I wanted to, but I had to kill some stuff. There were some things that God wanted to reconcile in my heart and in my mind. He needed to deliver me from myself and my lust for money, my dependency on money and what that looked like and how it was the thing that kept me in a hard-hearted place. As I began to turn the pages and recognize that God was doing something different in me, it's where he taught me how to trust him with nobody around. It's where he taught me how to stand in character and integrity when nobody was looking. It's where he taught me how to not worry about if my mother approved, if my grandmother approved. It was a hard journey, but have I not written it down? I would have forgotten to remember how far he's brought me. It was those seasons where he would tell me, Dion, I need you to fast for 65 days, not 40, not 30, not 20. And I did it, not because I wanted to be self-righteous. I, I never told anybody those are the things that I was doing. It was him. He said, crisscross the camp, kill it. I had to spend several years not being able to effectively communicate with my mother because the old relationship had to die in order for him to restore the new one. It meant that I had to be uncomfortable. I had to go through seasons of people calling me a witch and saying that I was weird to recognize that I am peculiar and I have a responsibility to stand in it in an effort to make the sound and the noise of war. I had to be okay with people judging me or predetermining who they thought I was based upon where I came from. I wrote it down. I read it. The vision is written, right? So the people that read it may run. I had to go through the process of not being moved by looking for love in all the wrong places, finding men that didn't serve any purpose other than a body in a bed, violating what God called righteous, his righteousness. 
I had to be transparent and honest with how I felt about who I thought I was, deal with my low self-esteem and my broken places from abandonment and rejection. I had to acknowledge that I was the daughter of a John. I had to deal with all that stuff. I wrote it down. I read it, and he delivered me out of them all. I had to go through the process of understanding that generational patterns and curses had been handed to me that I never asked for. I had to reckon them with myself to break them off of my children. I wrote it down. I read it. It reminded me of where he brought me from. I had to acknowledge that I've paid for my gross sins of idolatry and forsaking the truth of who he is and who he always has been. I had to acknowledge that in order to get the noise of war, you have to cancel out the silence that we've lived in, in the lies that the enemy has allowed us, provoked us, encouraged us to build false hope in. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but ever <laughs> lean on his name. I wrote it down. This morning, I want to tell you what the order is. The order is to kill it. Whatever keeps you from walking in the truth of who God says you are. And listen, it hurts, y'all. Painful. Frustrating. It's uncomfortable. At times, scary. Often, lonely. But can I tell you something? I wrote it down. And then I read it. And then I remembered. And y'all, I am so free. I wouldn't trade where I am, who I am, and how I got here. Though I have much distance to travel for anything, but I would not have gotten here if I hadn't killed it. So this morning, I know you don't feel like fasting. It's uncomfortable. It ain't fun. It don't be fair. Um, I don't like it. I'd rather eat water with a fork. But in an effort to be able to rely on what's inside of me, I have to kill what would keep me from trusting it. That's my will. That's my desire. That's my heart. That's my thought process. Less of me, God, and more of you. I hope that something I said encouraged you to write it down so you never forget, so your children never forget, so your great, great, great grandchildren never forget where he's brought you from. In Jesus' name, amen.
here's the time that's been set aside uh, to welcome. Uh, we may have a first-time caller. Uh, if that is you and you've never said good morning, we'd love to hear your sound. Good morning. All right. If there aren't any... I'm not a first-time caller, but this is my first time saying good morning to Sister Stephanie. Thank you for your hey. declaration. It was so inspiring. Hey, Sister Stephanie. Amen. Welcome, welcome. We're so glad to hear your sound this morning. Welcome, welcome. Anybody else that has not ever said good morning? Well, praise the Lord. Again, this is just the time we have set aside to greet one another, to acknowledge one another, and to hear one another's voice. Anybody want to say good morning this morning? Good morning. This is Nesby. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. It's Shell. Hey, Shell. Morning. Morning, Sister. Morning, Leo, Mia. Excellent separation. Amen. Good morning, Leo, Mia. Good morning. I heard someone else. Hey, Dion. Good morning, into Alondra. Powerful. Love you. Thank you. Amen. Hey, Yolandra. Hey, Moxie. I heard you back there. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. You're helping me to hey. kill this commute on the way to San Francisco. Thank you. <laughs> I know, right? Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Good morning. It's Prosperous Pam. Wonderful declaration. Hey, Prosperous. Good morning. I called you back yesterday. I know. <laughs> we miss each other. <laughs> good morning, Dion. Hey, good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good morning, Glow. Good morning, Ms. Krishanda. Great declaration. Those notes are a treasure. Amen. I agree. Good morning, Krishanda. Good morning, Yvette. Hey, Yvette. Good morning. Good morning. It's Monica. Hey, Monica. Good morning. Good morning. It's Patsy. Hi, Patsy. Good morning. Good morning, Diamond in the back. Hey, son, rooftop. Good morning, family. It's magnificent. Good morning, Pastor. Hey, good morning, magnificent. Good morning. This is Marcella. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Have a blessed day. You too. Good morning. Great decoration, Dion, Carla. Hey, Carla. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dion. Yeah. Good morning. Amen. Good morning, Dion. Um, I called in late, but I, what I heard, it was good. Um, so thank you for your declaration. This is Juanita. Hey, Juanita. Good morning. Good morning, Dion. It's Elf. Hey, Elf. Good to hear you. What it do, D? What it do? Turn up. <laughs> hey, Dion, it's Christina. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Anybody else? 
What's up with it? Turn up. Gee. <laughs> Anybody else before we go into the love, life, and victory discussion? Amen. Amen. Any questions, comments? Hey, 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 I'm sorry. I'm trying to say this before uh, Bean wake up over here because y'all know she off the hook. You said you were in Exodus. You you said when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's a sound of war in the camp. That right Mm -hmm. there, that noise of war this morning, it was resonating with me just the the way Tanya led um, the corporate mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so glad that you went back to reminding us to journal, write out, write it out. And then not only that, what we also need to do is listen to our sound. Cause you mentioned it in your prayer, how we pray, what we say, and those prayer, those mundane prayers and begging Jesus and father God and this and father God that it doesn't take all that. This met this message this morning um, to lit something the whole shift of the call has changed i can feel it so i, mm-hmm. I think it's the noise of how you said that and i just want to thank you because you helped me change because when you go back i don't know who does this but if you are a prayer warrior if you declare if you greet whatever you do you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not going back listening to the playback so you can hear you i hope that makes sense i love you sis thank you mm, very good thank you for that d that was good I got it. Amen. Anybody else? Um, Yes, good morning. Go ahead. Okay. This is Sister Sylvia. Um, I didn't hear the entire thing, but I heard quite a bit. And the writing part, um, I've been I've been doing that for years. I can look back as just like you mentioned on 2014 or 2008. I've been writing for my whole entire life, which is probably what I'm working on my memoir. But um, to be able to look at other things that I asked or things that I, you know, prayed on, and to see, you know, where I've come since then, or just how my, you know, my prayer life has changed or my life in general. It's just remarkable to be able to look back on that. And I remember when I used to journal in the very earlier years, I used to say, you know, dear journal, blah, blah, blah. And then finally I realized, well, who are you talking to? And I just started writing, dear God, <laughs> who's listening to you? Because right. you got in your head. So I just started saying, dear God, instead of dear journal. And I knew at that point that that's who I was talking to. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm able to, I have like files and pages and pages of those um, mm. entries that I can look back on that I've had to look back in to help me with writing my memoir. Um, and then mm-hmm. the part about the prayer, I, I heard, I started listening to myself and start checking myself. Like, wait a minute, you're saying the same thing over and over every time you got to do something different, you know? And I know a lot of it has mm-hmm. been helpful from being on this prayer line and the one with that sister Lisa um, leads as well. Sorry, I'm on the road, but to be able to just talk to God, just to be able mm-hmm. to talk to him. And it, just like I'm talking to anyone else um, has changed the way that I pray. So thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's very good. Yep, very good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Anybody else? Does anybody else, I know Krishanda, 
You write. Does anybody else journal? Yes. 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 Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. No, I don't. I do. I'm, I'm going to ask you this. When's the last time you went back and read your journal? Yes, read it on Saturday. That's good stuff. That's, that's good stuff. That. About every um, few months, I'll go back and, and look, um, trying to, like you said, find the keys. Because um, I'm tr- even this morning, it's interesting um, that you brought up this topic because, yes, the last couple of days I've been trying to ponder the connections um, over a period of time. Um, yeah. Very good. It, ma- it made a very, very, very big difference. Um, I, I don't often go back and read it. Um, periodically, I, I would. But it's like he took pages over years, one after the next, um, literally to compile the next phase of my life and the order in which I'm supposed to do it, which is why I asked, which is why I also suggested that if you do not, you should begin. Um, maybe you've taken a break and I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it because I got tired of talking in my mind about the same things. But what I realized is it is the direction necessary to get to the next stage, phase, and place of your life. And um, even the demonstration of Moses, even though he broke the tablets, um, I'm sure, you know, he had written them through the unction of the Holy Spirit, um, and he, he got in trouble for that at a later date. That was a that was a whole problem. So, I just want to encourage you all um, to, especially those of you that do write, you may be asking God, "What next?" or "What now?" Um, you be, may be asking Him, "What what's the the next place or the location?" I assure you that if you go back into the things that he's written through you, you will see exactly what you're supposed to be doing next. So I just wanted to encourage you in that. A Yolandra, what's heck of crazy is you are written on that piece of paper. I was, I guess we were going to connect or something. I'm assuming it was during a, a time where I was at PFBC and I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. It was it was just a, a good, fresh reminder. Hey, man, anybody else? Hello, this is Sister Stephanie. Um, I just wanted to say that I do journal and I've been journaling since 2003 and I still have my writings, uh, a lot of them since I moved. And uh, I was looking back over there and uh, I would go and I would journal and I would say, uh, Lord, please um, allow me to have peace in my life and allow me to have patience in my life. And God would give me all of these situations where my patience would be pruned up. And um, and um, and I have a lot more patience nowadays. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, also working me, with me with shopping. And before I would shop when I was bored, 
I was shopping. I didn't have anything to do. It was just the extra activity. And um, I've been able to, um, I almost complete. I had went into black and um, no longer do I shop, you know, and um, I have a tendency to go whole hog on a lot of things. So I asked the Lord in my, in my, in my writings, I thought I write and I talk to God just like I'm having a conversation with anybody because he's my best friend. And um, my God has allowed me to see that um, all of these things that he hears me, I just want to put it back that he hears me and that he acknowledges me and he brings everything into fruition, things that I write Amen. down that I don't even notice for myself. And I go back and Amen. I read and say, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I don't no more. Uh-huh. I just want to uh-huh. say that. Thank you so much. Amen. Very hey. good. Go ahead, Tan. Hey. Um, hey, Sister Stephanie, this is Tanya. Um. God bless you, and God bless you for sharing your sound this morning. Um, I hear something in in your sound, and I don't know you. You don't know who who invited you to the call. I know you've been calling for a minute. You said today was your first time saying good morning, though. Who invited you to the call? No, no, I didn't say today was my first time. I said my first oh. time this morning talk, um, talking. But Yolanda invited me to the call. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I want to share something with you. I want to share what I just heard. Um, And I'm going to give it to you exactly the way that I just heard it. But I also want you to hear it with an open heart and an open mind. Something has your sound arrested. It's almost as if it is trying to muffle your sound so that so it cannot be heard clearly in the earth. I don't know what that is, but if you're fasting today, uh, if you're able to, I'm going to encourage you to do so, um, for, is, is to ask God what it, because you have a sound and there's, some, there's something to you, but it's like there's a spirit that is trying to, it, it doesn't want it to be, <laughs> It doesn't want the sound to be clear because people will be blessed by it, whoever it is that's supposed to be blessed by it. Um, does, does that make sense to you that something is trying to muffle your sound? It makes perfect sense, and I know exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, so sister, I want to, I want, today is not an accident. We, we, I would, I would like, we would like to help you kill it. Amen. And we would like to help you to make the first, um, the the first, um, the um. What do you call? There's there's a there's a there's a wound beyond, or somebody might be. I can, I'm I'm losing focus, but it it is because I can't find the word I'm looking for. It is the wound that you first administer that is gonna that is gonna cause a significant amount of pain um there are some wounds that will kill you instantly and i can't i can't think of the verbiage um if that even makes sense to anybody um well that's okay we don't have to get stuck there um what what i want to say is sister stephanie we want to excuse me excuse me tell me your name again that's right that is right Stephanie. okay yeah that's right okay um so so right now um i want you to get that thing in your mind Mhm. Got it in your mind? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Now, now I want you, now I want you to say with your mouth. I will no longer 
I will no longer be, be bound. Be bound by this. You put the name to it. A cigarette. Okay. I will no longer. I will no longer be bound. Be bound. Put the name to it because it's something else. I will no longer be bound by cigarettes. I will no longer. I will no longer. Be bound. Be bound. What's the next thing? By cigarettes or grief. Okay. All right. 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 I will no longer be bound by cigarettes and grief. And Father, we stand in the gap. We stand with our sister who's made the confession that she will no longer be bound by cigarettes and grief that she will no longer um, avoid dealing with the pain, that she will stand up and she will fight the pain so she can kill it. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. Give him praise. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, sister, listen to me. God is not going to prevent you from going to the store to get your cigarette. That's a choice of yours. He's not going to stop you from putting a, from lighting the cigarette. That's a choice. He's not going to stop you from constantly dwelling on the grief. That's a choice. He's not going to stop you from um, being so overwhelmed by the grief because of thoughts that you have. That's a choice. So when mm-hmm. the grief comes up, you got to make a choice to change the channel. Amen. Hey, okay. Pam. Yeah, hey man, thank this you so is, much. This is Dee I'm over here. I hear everything that you're saying. I have, I have goosebumps because I've heard that on sister. That I didn't know. I knew it was a vice. I didn't know if it was cigarettes, alcohol, whatever, because everybody has those. But that grief thing, it's like my heart is racing. Sister Stephanie, you need to give it all to God for real. Not be surface with your your healing, but open up, lay it all out. Like give it all to Him and stop taking it back. Because grief is going to take you out of here if you don't allow him to heal you from the inside out. He will give you beauty for ashes. Trust me when I tell you, I'm praying right now for your mind, for you to just let him work in you and through you. Don't worry about what, because what happened has happened. You can't do anything about it. You cannot unscramble an egg. Once it's done, it's done. Life happens and it sucks the life out of you. But you got to want to live. You got to want to live. You got to want to live. So I'm lifting you up right now, but that grief will take you out of here if you don't let him heal you. Don't worry about nothing else, nobody else around you, what you look like, what you've been through. Let God heal you. Give it all to him. Give it all to him today. I love you. Thank you so much. Good morning. This is Georgia. And I just got to say that the, the woman who said, you know, this is for Miss Stephanie, that was also simultaneously for me. And I, I went through that whole process before you, with you. And I, I said to myself, I will no longer be bound by gluttony. I will no longer be bound by disobedience. I will no longer be bound by fear of my own war sound. And what God is telling me is that I can't be scared to go hard for him because the areas where I've not sincerely gone hard for him, he's taken it away. And the things where I've given him the glory, he's allowed to flourish. Some of you know that I used to sing. I, I used to sing R&B before I tried to sing gospel. And of course, R&B, I, all the glory goes to me. I want all that attention. 
And when that didn't work out, I transferred that same energy into gospel. And for me, because I wasn't raised in, raised in church, it wasn't about um, getting, it, it wasn't about giving God the glory. It was like, okay, I'm in this circle full of Christians. They seem to be really friendly. They'll like me and my voice and my singing. So even though I was singing gospel music, my heart was looking for all the glory, even though God was blessing other people through it. Um, but it didn't, it, did, it wasn't, it couldn't sustain that way. So therefore it kind of died off. But here, last year I discovered painting. I can't take no kind of credit for that because I hadn't picked up a color pencil, crayon, marker, or nothing since like the first grade. So I could have never known that I, I, I would be so good at that. And if I do start a business, it's going to be called G to G. And that has nothing to do with Georgia to Georgia. It has everything to do with glory to God because that is something that I can't take credit for. And as far as my work while being arrested, I don't have a problem speaking on social media. I don't have a problem talking and cracking jokes. This is something I like to do because I love to see other people laugh. But God is pulling me out of this baby in Christ thing. And when you talked about fasting, Dion, oh my gosh. <laughs> if that's not been, if God, if I keep getting slapped in the face with fasting, it's going to sting after a while. You know how like when your mama slaps you and it stings for like 10 minutes? God's slapping me, and it's going to start stinging in a minute. So I'm definitely going to fast with you all today. But I just thank you uh, to the woman. I didn't catch your name, but having me say that, you know, I would no longer be down because I love sharing content with people. I love sharing positivity. But at this point in my life, I want to share Christ. And I just ask that you guys pray, pray this a, this arrested development <laughs> off of me because I have so much to share and I love so many people and it's like like I said God is calling me out of this faith like, and uh, I'm so thankful for this declared victory and that's all I wanted to say hello that was Dr. Huge. Chris <laughs> hey Dr. Mm -hmm. Chris wait hold on hey. hold on real, real quick Dr. Chris Georgia thank you for sharing all that you shared and thank you for your transparency yeah. That was a very, very big deal. Um, I, I just want you to know that. And what you asked God for, he heard, and that was the step out of arrested development. You no longer have to say that out loud about yourself. Your development is not arrested. You've begun. He who began a great work in you shall perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So get excited about your spiritual future, sis. It's on and popping. Go ahead, Dr. Chris. <laughs> I love you because you and I, we have so much in common. Uh, basically, I teach people how to pray the intercessory prayer and how to stand on God's word. And in reference to the, um, the journaling, I started journaling 25, yeah, about 25, 28 years ago. And Basically, what I've learned, I've kept all the journals because, you know what, Lord, you know, uh, as my life goes on, I want to leave something behind for my children when they're praying. You say, you know what, my mom has passed on, but let me see how she went to God about it, you know. But uh, a couple of years ago, I started going back through the journals because I said, you know what, God, some things, you know, we pray about and we forget that God had already answered the prayer. And so I started going back, reviewing what I had wrote, and I saw where there were years where I was just begging, just begging God for a breakthrough. And then finally, as I started to grow 
in prayer and grow in the Holy Spirit and walk with God. I mean, really and truly sold out, walking with God. I mean, anything else is just non-negotiable. I started to stand on his word instead of begging. You know what I mean? Not using his word. And over time, God used me to start teaching other people how to stand on God's word because it cannot come back void. It cannot come back void. And when we journal that and journal his word along with it, wow, the amazing move of God that will take place in our lives. That's just my personal testimony. Very good. Good morning. Thank you, Dr. Chris, for sharing. Good morning. How you doing? I'm fabulous, girl. <laughs> me too, me too. I'm working from home today, so I got a little bit you of are? in the bathroom. You're not in the bathroom. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> I got so many things, but I will not give all of them. Just a few. <laughs> Listen, I think Miss Georgia, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So if he can give the heathen some gifts and they can still go back to him and do them, you can too. So now just use that voice to glorify God. It's still there. This is going to come out with a different sound and it's going to touch people differently to that extent. Um, and so that is still impactful. He doesn't give us gifts and take them away because we mess them up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we don't get it and we don't understand. And and that's the thing, right? We, we oftentimes we hear stuff and we believe it, but what does the word really have to say about it? Right. What does the word really have to say about it? And so that's our, our fall on our go-to always. That's the plumb line, as Ravon died. I don't know if you heard that in my head. would always say that's, that's our standard. That's our measure, right? So the other stuff sounds good because you heard the world say it, you know, use it or lose it. God didn't say that necessarily. So, yeah, I go and I find that word and I apply that word to it. Um, listen, when you were doing your declaration, Come now, let us reason together is all I could hear, right? And it was amazing how it seemed so human and carnal that Moses would be able to go and put God in remembrance of his word and his promises to his people. But God said that, right? Come let us reason together and then put me in remembrance of my word. And that's exactly what journaling will do for us as we resurrect those monuments in our lives when God has done something significant or either when we're feeling some kind of way, we can go back and we can remember that and we can go back to God. And this is where we can actually say, God, you said, God, you said, you mm. promised, God, you, you said this, God, I didn't make that up. You told me this, right? And so that's a great thing. I love that. We've been talking about going back and writing some things down. And I've been talking to a couple of people about resurrecting monuments. I think I did a declaration a while ago about um, resurrecting monuments so that we don't forget. Somebody said, remember not to forget. You said it today, too. We heard that a while ago on the call. I don't know if I said it or somebody else, but remember not to forget what God has done. So therefore, when we go through our trials, we experience those things, those experiences um, help us to persevere. And then with that, we have that hope. So the trying of our patience work its faith or that, that scripture that talks about as we go through those trials, we're going to get patience and patience is going to bring an experience and experience is going to bring that hope that we can expect and believe God because of who he is. And that hope makes us not ashamed, meaning we can stand firm and fast in whatever we're doing, knowing that God is faithful, that promise. 
I yeah. love how he takes whatever it is, and if we allow him to, he'll use that thing for his glory, right, if we let him, even the pain. So order is so necessary. Come on, let's reason together. Let's get that thing. Those sins be red as scarlet. I will make you white as snow. That's the rest of that, Isaiah 1 and 18. And I just thank God for just being able to talk about this. You know, if you could, we could all sit down and, and talk it out and get together. And if everybody had a declared victory of whatever sort it looked like, I'm not saying this one, but able to, it's almost having our own, our own um, psychiatrist or, you know, that, that real, real, real good friend where you can be honest and transparent. Thank you for that, Georgia. That was, that was honest and transparent. I appreciate that. So Super. yeah, I love you. I like you. I like you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love y'all. Good morning. It's Elf. My issue is, is I can't get past the trauma of people violating my journaling. So I haven't been Hmm. able to journal since then. Um, They use the material to hurt me in so many ways. I know I'm supposed to, but it's so hard to to pass it. I've collected so many journals throughout the years and I know there's a lot I have to say and I need to say. Mm-hmm. Of being violated and people going into my personal words and how I describe me and use it against me. So that's mm-hmm. a struggle I've been dealing with for a long time. And I know I have a lot to say and get out, but can't seem to get over it. So, so I'm going to ask you a question, else. Considering um, that is history, and and please know, I understand what trauma is concerning feeling violated. One of two things has to happen. Either you have to forgive the violation, right? Um, Especially considering um, because I I, I hear you almost at the, the edge of a cry concerning it. I don't know if you were crying or you were trying not to. But I think that the the I'm trying to put this in the the right words. I I'm gonna call you. I'll talk to you about it offline. That's why I couldn't say it. I got it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Hey, good morning. Yes, yes, yes. It's Kenya. How are you? Hi. I've been sitting on the line trying to be quiet. <laughs> it ain't working today. So I lost my mom. Before that, I was going through some stuff, and I can't shake the spirit of addiction. And I'm realizing it ain't, it's not one thing. It's just I have a spirit of addiction. I can be addicted to sex. I can be addicted to weed. I can be addicted to smoking. I can get addicted to just about anything about self of what I need to focus on and really get back in my word. 
and I'm having a problem with it. I really thought I could shake it on my own, but it ain't working. Very good. That's a good place. Stay right there for a minute. We right here. That's big girl stuff. We overcome by the words of our testimony and the blood of the man. Closed mouth don't never get no liberty. So that was the beginning of the beginning. You don't got to apologize. You don't got to be sorry. You ain't got to be shamed. Life happens, and we need people, right? Because at the end of the day, you ain't the only person. You just the only one said something. Right. Right? Amen. So the, the goal is to really grasp that there is therefore now zero. No condemnation, none for those that are in Christ Jesus. And the process, for real, of killing it (laughs) first starts by confessing it. Right? So so being able to say it, I'm super proud of you, Kenya. Um, I'm super proud of you because I know you didn't want to say that. You said it pissed off. <laughs> your whole thing this morning, killing it. That's all I got on her. When you want to kill it, kill it. Then handle your kill it. What you got to do, man. Get you a double-edged blade and be like, "All right, can't do this no more. Sick of this." Yeah, you and know, it's been a long you, time coming. I ain't never talked. Not like that. Yeah, no, it's but it's it's necessary, and it is it is. Listen, it is not just for you. You understand that when you when you start to understand that your life is it don't even belong to you. Everything is borrowed. We ain't got nothing. Do y'all know that? Nothing belongs to us. Everything that we go through is for other people. Jesus never concerned himself with anything other than others. <laughs> he didn't care, huh? I'm only laughing because I heard Kenya. She was pissed off to the highest she level. <laughs> and I'm laughing you hear because me? on I'm Sunday, listen, when she left, she left out of, you know, we we are on the greatest team. Kenya, when you left out of there, I was like, mm, it's a breakdown. I felt it. So I'm so <laughs> proud of you, sis. And you know how I loaded the Bible app on your phone? Yes. There's also uh, some notes in there, notepad. Go in there and take take some notes for today. I love you. <laughs> With your <Yes>. mad self. <laughs> Kiss. Just hot. You hear me? I understand, though, because you get frustrated. You get frustrated with yourself. Well, now why I do I keep doing this? this is re- I've been yeah. trying to say it for, for maybe, I've been on since about, I was trying not to say nothing for real. Sure. And let sure. go of the guilt, sis. Let it go. Your mom is, you let it go, because I know, and not to put your, you let it go. You are a beautiful daughter. I just know that that's a piece of it, too. Let it go yeah. for you and for your girls. 
Okay. Can I bring up a real quick comparison? Um, you know, Dion, when you read the scripture um, and they had thrown that party and built that calf and Aaron act like Listen. he didn't know what was going on. Right. I don't know. And, and, and he's talking about it's the sound <laughs> of war and Moses like, uh-uh, that ain't what this is. <laughs> that, that ain't that At noise. All. That ain't that kind of noise, right? Uh-huh. Think about uh-huh. that. <laughs> he called it, right? For real. He called them out. No, that is not that. they trying to cover up. But you just exposed that demon, Kenya. And so here's the thing. Out of your own mouth, you say, I can do this and I can do that and I can do that. Well, why not change your appetite? I can go forth in love. I can get addicted to love. I can get addicted to obedience, right? You said I can get addicted to anything. Well, change what you want to be addicted to. It begins in, come on now, it begins in your appetite. Yeah. And thank God you ain't trying to cover it up. You're calling it what it is, what it is. Right. <laughs> and if all of us be truth, we, we, we say something, right? I love right. that. Yeah, yes. I was trying to, I, to, 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 I was thinking in my brain how I was going to reword the addiction. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. No, oh, seriously, oh, it is. Is. say this. No, say what it yeah. is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it ain't that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but the beautiful thing is, let me let me tell you what was extra pretty. You don't even got to cover it up because we're not tripping like that. Please. <laughs> that part. That right? Part. Like, listen. This whole thing, if I didn't have, when I started to think about for real, how kind and gracious has been, God has been to me with regard to, like, I'm literally surrounded by a bunch of bosses. Like, for I mean, like, I'm talking about, when I say bosses, I'm talking about in the spirit. People who, and I'm not talking about perfect people. I'm talking about people who will say, Listen, to this was today is not a good day. I'm mad at you and God. Uh, but I just needed to vent. Now let me get my mind right. Right? Yeah. All of us have our stuff. The question is, because the reality is those altars, we've built altars in our hearts. Altars are, are something like even elongated grief, uh, uh, sex, shopping, lying, cussing, all of the stuff. So, so get this. In in the now, mind you, when I started to to look through this cloud app, I was looking through the app to take care of some old stuff. Keeping in mind that I've been in a, a very long season of stuff, and so. What happens, what you'll find is when you go through um, exponential pain, you like check out. I checked out on some major things. So here I am, I'm reconciling things, right? It's the season of reconciliation. Keep in mind, it's the season of, of uh, repentance and recompense and, and restoring some things. And so you gotta pay attention to the times and the seasons. Because it's not just uh, it's not just for uh, uh, national things. No different than they implemented uh, uh, Juneteenth on the, for the nineteenth, right? That is a four hundred year wait. Our lives mirror errors. You know, we went from back in the day. Remember, you used to be could be a scammer. Ask me how I know. You used to could be a scammer and never get caught. <laughs> Because they did everything with paper. 
listen, I'm, I'm telling you something. Well, now we've entered a new era. Let me, you can't get away with nothing on paper, nothing digitally. It all go right back to you, everything. So as I'm going through my things, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, it is time for you to get things in order. Right, so I'm going through all these different things, and I was like, "Now, if anybody knows me, so I got a tendency to cuss a little bit." <laughs> right? I, uh, this is uh, me uh, saying, uh, Lil, "Don't, don't uh, do that! Don't, don't do that! Don't do that!" This is my, this is my confession. Get out of my business. <laughs> get out of my, get out of my business. <laughs> and so I really, I said, um, I said, "Okay, Lord." For real, it's my comfortable place. I got to give this to you because I have stuff to do. And everybody won't understand that it doesn't have anything to do with how much I love you. It's a thing. Right? It's a thing. It's an addiction. I have to give it to you. And so that, um, for me to say that, as as hard as y'all say pastor this, now I know a whole bunch of cussing pastors. I'm not going to be one, though. Right? So for me to say that to y'all from this place, I need you to hear, we all have our stuff. We got our stuff, right? And some of, I'm sick of it. I have to kill it. It's my job, right? And it's little by little, it's step by step. But as we are open and honest with where we are, as we find those things that are idols that don't bring glory to God, we have to kill them, and it ain't fun, and we don't like it. But at the end of the day, it is the thing. Like I, I just want to be where he wants me to be, and I, I'm I'm sick of making excuses, even about the little things, right? The little things that separate us. And while nothing can separate us from his love, out we are still responsible for our behaviors. We're still responsible for the things that we do that don't glorify and honor God. And so I, I just wanted to say that out loud. So for, for those that are struggling with anything, listen, I'm not super high and mighty. I don't have everything figured out. I don't do everything perfect. I don't walk around saying, um, all day. I'm a real person. This is a real life. And we deal with real issues and real struggles. And I'm not better than anybody. I'm still a work in progress. But when we do the work to get better, guess what? There is reward in us being open, honest, and transparent. Not just for us, because our lives are not for us. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else want to say anything except for Tanya? She can't talk. <laughs> That's a hater. Be honest, yes, I um man, y'all hit on a whole bunch of stuff today, and I'm trying not to cry. Ooh, but you cry. It's okay, we uh, here. I had to be honest with myself. My mouth is bad, and I think it was a lot of things rose up with the a whole bunch of death from the family. And I think the last one just I had had enough. And I noticed I have been, and I'm, I have been cussing. I didn't know my, I could cuss so bad that one day I had cussed so bad that 
<laughs> I mean, man, it was compound, triple compound words. Um, <laughs> that I had cut so bad that my nose started running. Mm. Yeah. And I just, I had to get quiet into myself because I didn't want it to rub off on people. Into mm. Mm -hmm. I get it. When you know that, you don't want to, you want to keep the peace for the sake of those that are really, really hurting and grieving. I learned about walk-away ministry, and I just have to do it. Now I'm just, there's so much anger in me right now. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said I started going through my journal. And I said, Lord, I don't know what it is, but I want it out. Mm -hmm. I don't want this in me no more because this Mm -hmm. is not for you. This is not good for you and it's not good for those that are around me. But like you said, you have to have those that are That'll just tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, so the the root of cussing is bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's. That's that's hard to that's hard to acknowledge, um, and so that that is ultimately what you have to deal with, is the bitterness that you deal with. It was what I had yeah. to deal with. Yeah, and it's important that you be honest about it. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just this is Marcella. I just want to say something to you, sister. Um, I feel your pain. I was where you were six months ago before I got on this line. I'm not going to even go into depth about everything because I don't have to now because God has me. But I want to let you know you are okay. I realized for myself I had someone tell I had this prayer warrior about two weeks ago, Um, maybe two, yeah, two weeks ago. And I've just been having people come for me. But being on this line first was the first thing for me. And what I realized for myself, I thought I was um, hurt, but I was so mad. And listen to me when I tell you this. I was mad at my mother. I was mad at my ex. I was mad at my sister. I was mad because of how they were treating me. But what you have to understand, give it to God. It's not us. Hurt people hurt people. And you don't sound like a hurt person that want to hurt someone. You sound like a person that's hurting one. And give it to God, because I gave it to him. And I'm a work in process with the cussing too, honey. But guess what? This is what it is. And it doesn't make us bad. It just when you can admit it for yourself and know what it is, then you're gonna be okay. Cause I'm okay and I know you're okay and I feel your pain. Trust me when I say that. And you don't want to be mad. You want to be humble. 
So give it to him, release it, and you have done that, and you're going to be okay. Stay on this line. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on being present. Keep on asking him for what is for yourself. And that's all I have to say, and I'm going to go back off the line. But thank you, Victory Line, because you guys are awesome. Awesome. And I want to say this one more thing, too. Um, God been having me sitting, and I've been mad about not working. You know, it's been like almost three years, but he has got me to that place because I had my pride to the side because I wasn't used to that. But now... Sorry, God has got me back to where I'm going to be, to where now I can start giving back to where I want to give back to so I can be able to be where I need to be. So, again, my sister, dry those tears up, give it to God, humble yourself, and you're going to be okay, and I love you. <laughs> hey, Sonia, this is, this is Tanya. Um, yes, ma'am. So I, I, I appreciate um, your authenticity. I, Dion, I appreciate yours. Uh, two things I want to say is that I feel that part of your release is through your tears. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what your thoughts are about crying or allowing tears to come. Yes, that's fine. Okay, that's good. But 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 this the, in the, in re, the release of the tears though, I want you to examine the tears. And so what I mean by that is, are they hot? Um, because they're going to come in different. For, uh, how do I say it? They're going to come in different forms. Sometimes they're going to come hot and quick. Some, this process that you're going through of release, releasing the bitterness, sometimes they'll be slow and steady. I just want you to write them down and I want you to, excuse me, I want you to examine them and write them down as you're being healed. Part of, part of your healing, I feel, is coming through your tears. The the second thing Maybe I want to say is, like, yeah, oh okay okay yeah, okay get the taste. The, the the second thing I want to say is to the people that got stuck by what Dion said, um and and that have allowed yourself to begin to judge. <laughs> Sanctification. There is a process to this thing. Yep. Not yes. nothing happens overnight. Nothing. It doesn't. Not not when it when it comes to salvation. It does not happen overnight. And even if you're at a place of, you know, things are going good, things keep living, some stuff is gonna happen. But mm-hmm. but I wanna challenge you to stop being judgmental and here's how I can challenge you to do that. You've been blessed by things she said. Had she never said that, you would have still been blessed. The ble- mm-hmm. you being blessed did not change. Some of y'all, some people are stuck. Like, oh my God, she got. Listen, we all do stuff. The religion, the religion part is where we feel like we're supposed to be perfect. So when the scripture where it talks about perfecting our faith, when it talks about mock the perfect man or mark the perfect man, it's not talking about a man or a woman that is without any. Um, mistakes with a, that is that is perfect as we see never never does anything wrong. That's not what that means. Perfect in the scripture refers to maturity. And yes, you can still have stuff going on and be a spiritually mature Christian. So I really wanted to speak. My heart is for the folks that are struggling with religion and struggling mm-hmm. with all the things that we were taught. We were we got to unlearn some things. So I'll, I'll stop there. But um, um, be- be- beautiful share. 
just beautiful transparency. Dion. Yes. Hey, this is Gloria. I just want to, um, I appreciate God for just setting this whole month of order up because for me, the whole thing has been, it's order in so many different directions, including the deeper healing of anguish and bitterness and um, just asking God to heal me. And I picked up, I had to yesterday pick back up the developing a lifestyle of forgiveness because I, it was some things that I, I went before God with that I, I, I didn't understand why. I, I You know, I wanted to go and talk to the people to get the, I'm sorry for them, but that wasn't it. So I had to pick that book back up and go back before God and say, okay, then show me, teach me how to get rid of this and how to release this so I can be wholly all that you want me to be so that I don't harbor anguish, so I'm able to love authentic, authentically like God wants wants me to and is blessing me to do. So I, I really appreciate you hearing God and, and just the whole transparency and everything. I love you so much. And I'm going back on mute. Very good. Very good. And and just on the heels of that, you know, um, we we usually – you know, we judge people for the stuff that we are not guilty of ourselves and don't usually go into ourselves and look at the things that others would have the potential to judge us for. And and you'd have to know the history of somebody's life to understand. I've had a very difficult 49 years, not just a couple. since. I, and so the sanctification process for me has been different. Um, growing up in church and and um, seeing people be religious and traditional and never, ever fitting in. Um, there are people that I'm called to that um, there are certain things and ways and, and methods and means that I have to use that you wouldn't have to because you've never experienced it, right? I come from some stuff, but by the grace of God, I recognize that everything that I've gone through has been instrumental for me in ministry, everything. The stuff that some people would be ashamed of, God delivered me from, and he took away the shame because I was honest with him in where I was at. Those things that we struggle with, that we fight through, when you are um, mature enough to, to for real be able to say them out loud and I'm at the point in my life and in my walk, I don't care what people think, right? That, that's, not, that's not the part that I have to be worried about because I know that God defends me because I recognize that even in spite of me, he still uses all that I've gone through to get the glory out of my life, that he would be lifted up and draw all men unto him. I'm transparent because we have a culture of that because I realize that religion and tradition don't get people free. They teach people how to pretend that they're well when they're not, right? And so as we went, as we go, as we travel to this thing called wholeness and wellness, you've got to create and have space where you can be honest or you will never get healed. For some of you that are listening, your religiosity is just like my curse words. 
and it still needs the same healing salve that I need to be whole and to be well. So always keep that in mind. We all sin, we just do it differently, right? And so our goal is to, to live a righteous life before the king. That comes in stages and increments, but we have to be open, willing, and prepared to be transparent because the testimony is the thing that makes the difference. So for people that have known me historically, because I don't, I don't sneak and do anything. That's, that's not who I am. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we have to um, forbear one another's things. For those of us that are stronger in certain areas, keeping in mind that, that my best friend ain't sudden cussing, ain't, ain't never. You know, you know what I mean? And, and lots of the people that I spend time with, right? So just, just remember, you got stuff, too. It all falls under the very same auspice of grace that I stand under, that Kenya stands under, that Moxie stands under. All of us have our things. But if we deal with the root, my root was because I've had a hard life. This has not been no crystal stair, child. It's been a hard, arduous walk. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I wouldn't take away anything. I don't have any regrets. I am grateful to God for all of it because it's taught me how to walk people out of very similar places. For somebody who's lived a scot-free, clean hand life, God bless your heart. God ain't going to send you to the gutter (laughs) to go get nobody out. He's going to keep you at the, at the church to help the rest of the religious people get loose after you get free. Amen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Pastor Dion. Hey, um, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Um, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here listening, and I want to um, understanding. Um, when you guys are saying religious people, um, is it why? Um, is it you guys think somebody is judging you guys judging or I don't understand when you guys are saying you the religious people. so, so relig, religiosity is a spirit and absolutely people judge us all day every day people judge you people judge judge your mama they judge your great grandmama the, the one before that it's the nature of people mm-hmm. right and so, so you, it, you feel the spirit judging Oh no, yeah, you can feel it. Certainly. Mhm. I, I can guess I, can I, I add to that, Dion? I haven't got to that point yet, then, huh? No. Where you can feel it? No. Yeah. You you oh. you'll get there. You all you have just you all you have to do is keep living. You, I knew it before I said it, mm-hmm. but I knew it was necessary specifically. Because there, there are, um, there are. Everybody on this line come from different stuff, right? Right. You come from different walks, different backgrounds, different faiths. Yeah. If, if you have a specific denominational background, there are certain things that are abominable in the, in the eyes of certain people because of their religious upbringing. Oh, okay, got you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, yeah. so religiosity mm-hmm. is is again it's it's 
it is the thing that chokes the life out of a baby saint being religious. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that, that will make somebody who has not been brought up in church feel belittled and small because what is assumed is that because I don't cuss, I'm better than you. That's, but that's not real. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is why, right. So which is why I said somebody else's religious mindset is the same as me cussing. Same exact thing. It is a thing that, um, you know, that, that will separate or keep somebody from growing, keep somebody from becoming because they can't get over that piece. It's not intentional. It mm -hmm. is historical. It's usually cultural. It's how you're brought up. And yes, okay. yeah. So, so yeah, people do judge you. Absolutely. Okay. But it's, I, it's okay I, um, because they got to get free from that. Somebody, somebody right. else was lying to say something. It, it was yeah, me. Um, oh, go, go, go ahead, Pam. Oh, I was just going to add real quick. Um, um, Matthew's, uh, this is a good reminder for Matthew. Seven, three through five. Um, why do you look at the speck of sawdust? This, I really like this um, this scripture. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your mm -hmm. own eye? How can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your eye," when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? So I just got to just stay focused on the plank <laughs> in my eye. You know what I'm saying? So just wanted to share that. Okay, Tan. Hey, th thank you for that. That was a that was an excellent scripture. So, mm -hmm. so sis, when we when I when I say people in their religiosity, what I, what I mean, what my definition is, um, a person that would um, then we said it already. Judge, for example, Deanna says she cussed a little bit, right? And so the person who is religious would say, "Oh my God, she's not saved. I've been on mm -hmm. this call and she cusses," or. Mm -hmm. Or the person who I don't know if it was you a couple of weeks ago. It was around a holiday, and you and you fell. You were with some tent. You were with um some somebody was maybe it wasn't you, but they were with some friends, and you succumbed to the temptation of of substance. I don't even know what it was, but you did, and you felt guilty. So a a a, a religious person would say would say to you, "You are not saved." They would, oh, yeah, they would condemn you. That will, okay, so they would condemn you and condemn you and say you are not saved. What mm -hmm. we did on the line was we we built you up and said it's okay, don't do it again, keep moving forward. Religion will put rules and regulations in place over love. That doesn't mean that we excuse sin. That doesn't mean that we live raggedy lives. That's not what we're saying. We're saying when 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 people there are some people it takes them longer to get over certain things than it does others. Some people, God delivers them. I've seen it. God delivers them instantly from certain things, like hard drugs, being addicted to heroin, being addicted to methadone, immediately. But then there are other things in that very same person's life. There's a process by which they still have to live. Does that help? So anytime we're putting, especially man-made rules mm -hmm. that are not backed up by the scripture, or or rules that they've taken the scripture out of context, like you can't wear red fingernail polish. Where where is that scripture? <laughs> you, you show me. You can't wear pants. Well, if you you trying to use a Deuteronomy scripture or a scripture from the Old Testament, men didn't even wear pants. What what, what are you talking about? Right. 
so so that's what we that's what we mean by that's what I mean about being religious over religiosity and being over religious concerned about rituals and rules is out of bound it's out of balance and you, you know never what? I get it talk about yourself it. the person that's judging you you never people never know your little secrets that you got because you're too busy judging somebody else okay I'm done I I get it and I understand now because um one day I was at my mom's house and you know how family get together you have a good time I don't know what it was that I did and she made a comment she said oh is that that she was talking to me she said oh is that 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 church person that go to church like I don't know I don't know what I did I don't know if I was singing something or if I said a word or something and she said, Oh, is that that church person that go to church? So that's, that's, I see what you're saying by religious now, but I, I, I look at it as um, when people do stuff like that curse or when people, um, and, and me too, when people do certain stuff, I look at it as, um, that um i don't know i just i don't look at it as a bad thing because i know that eventually they're going to turn that into a, a testimony because everything we do it becomes a testimony because we won't have a testimony if we don't if we don't get healed from the things we do like the cussing and the smoking and the sex and stuff all those are are testimonies because without those we wouldn't be able to tell people how God has changed us, and uh, that that's also for the religious, you know, that that's also going to be a testimony where once we were religious and now God has changed us, and, and I get it where you guys saying, write it in the book now, because I can write down, I was religious, I was doing this to where, as back maybe uh, three years ago, I can look back and say how I used to be but I'm not religious no more, so I understand what you guys are saying now. Very good. Thank you. Very good. From from religion to relationship. And that yeah. that's what it that's what it's all about. Listen, and we'll still pray you under a table. You understand? <laughs> that's the part I need you to be clear about. Don't get it twisted. We'll cast a demon out on sight with my flawed self. Dion, this is Bubbly. Can I just say something to the young lady that was just speaking? Absolutely. Go ahead, brother. Okay, because we were talking about um, religious people and how they were, you will make a mistake and they'll make you feel like you can them to hell and just for that one thing. And um, I just want to be transparent. <clears throat> I was, I had been abstaining, because I ain't never going to be celibate. I was abstaining from sex. Right, and um, so I'm not gonna say I slipped and fell, <laughs> as I told somebody. I chose to have sex with somebody, and um, after it was all said and done, I, I beat I beat my own self up about it, and then I called somebody and I told them. I started off with, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I fell, I did this and that and all the other. And I'm sitting here thinking, 
I told her, I said, now I'm going to hell. And <laughs> I mean, I was serious about that thing. And then my beautiful friend, sister girl, said to me, verbatim, no, I'm not going to say verbatim, but she just said to me, you're not going to hell for that. <laughs> Because, Mm-mm. you know, we, we all make mistakes and errors. I mean, we don't have no particular thing, sin, that God will not forgive us. Well, I know there's one. But nevertheless, I believe that was the religion that I was, religion I was brought up in, as you said. Because everything you did, if you, you know, you, were, you, you came to church without a slip on, you're going to hell. Right. <laughs> You know, if you look at somebody in church and say, oh, you look good, you're going to hell. You know what I'm saying? So I'm so grateful from, for this call and for you to remind me that whatever it is I am am and am not, am doing or not doing does not mean I'm going to hell. So that's what that, to me, that's what that religiosity, I, I might have said it wrong, comes from. Because as I said, because we are upbringing. Because everything you knew, everything you were taught, anything you said, not about repentance, not about asking for forgiveness, you going to hell. So I'm right. grateful that that's not my story anymore. Because I ain't got no heaven and hell to put nobody in. Because I probably trip over you getting either one. So that's all I had to say. So to let the young lady know that how it comes, how we get out of religiosity and relationship with God, and then we'll come a little bit closer and a little bit more understanding of what it is we should be, and we can't get there without Christ. So I'm going back on mute. Very, very, very good. Thank you for being transparent. Again, this this is that place. Thank you. This is that place. Right? Um, where we restore one another back to the faith, right? And at the end of the day, some stuff like I, I don't, I don't slip and fall and cuss. <laughs> Honey, it's formulated like a train on a track. Do you hear me? I, I can go right. down to a, a, a gangster science. However, it is not befitting for where I have to go. I mean, I can execute it. Do you understand? I mean something like a gangster disciple, like I'm from the south side of Chicago. But by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. And and it is not until you get convicted about a thing. Because, see, some stuff ain't a problem for some people until it is. Right. But know that God has a way of bringing things full circle. Would you would you guys like to know what even made me aware that it was that awful? Let me I'm I'm going to lace y'all boots this morning. I was sitting at Josiah's graduation. There was an old lady sitting down in the front of the bleachers and she had had an incident at the graduation. And baby, that lady was talking to somebody sitting next to her, and she was cussing like a man. It was horrible. It sounded so awful. And and from that second, the Holy Spirit convicted me so tough. I mean, 
And and I since that day, I have been cognizant. I was like, I don't ever want to sound like an old fool. I don't ever want to sound like a godless woman. I don't ever want to give anyone the impression that that's the only thing that I have to say as if I have a lack of words, because that's not real. Right. But the enemy will keep you in a place of being comfortable in your stuff until the Lord pulls the covers off of it. And so I'm grateful to God that even with my cousin self, people have been saved, set free, delivered, healed. The power of God has manifested in their lives. Books have been written. Ministries have begun underneath my leadership with my cussing self now that doesn't have to be my story i am the only person that has the power to change that we make decisions every single day when we get up and the closer you get the further you go and we have a tendency sometimes to get comfortable with the relationship that we have with god watch it don't it'll make you miss the mark and it'll keep you from that full victory that God has written for each and every one of us. And so those those small foxes are the things that spoil the vine. Right? It could be worse. I could be a harlot. I could be I could be a whole bunch of stuff. Right? But I thank God for grace and mercy. Pastor Dion. So yes, dear. Um you know when we um say curse word cuz I was having that discussion with my mom and when we say um curse words isn't it really that's not uh, a curse word well, it's filthy communication is what it is yeah curse words, how you curse words are you will never be anything curse words is you'll never have anything curse words is you just like your mama but filthy communication is calling people exactly what you think they are okay <laughs> So it's just, it's nasty communication, and it ain't cool at all. Right. Because some of those words are in the Bible, isn't it? No, ma'am, not the the kind I would use. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm in the book of uh, Nicolation. It's in the book of Nicolation. (laughs) The the book book of Heaven Backwards. (laughs) Look, the book of Heaven Backwards. Just name your so own there's book. a difference between cursing and cussing, so that's what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. You know, because, like, for example, the donkey. Well, but that that's different. Yeah, that's the name yeah, of that's animal. Yeah, that's okay. um, So, F-U-C-K is a curse word? Absolutely. B-I-T-C-H? Yeah, you can stop now. Yeah, all of them is curse words. Yeah, I'm going to say this real quick, um, and I'm Sorry. aware of past the time. Okay. Um, listen, so the letter killeth, but the spirit brings life. So we have the Old yeah. Testament, the law, which is the letter. And so many people, for me, I can testify to this because I'm still dealing with that religious spirit that likes to raise its head every now and then. I was taught real well how to do church real well, and I think that's the difference, how to do a thing and not even looking at the, the intent behind the thing, Right. So, so we t- we said earlier that that cursing is a part of the bitterness. Well, it really is a part of a heart condition because that bitterness has crept into the heart. 
right? So even if you change your words and your motive is still wrong behind that thing, God still sees it, right? So that's what he's really coming after, not necessarily the words that come out of our mouths is what goes into us, right? That will defile us to the extent, not what we eat, but what comes out of our mouths, but it's really coming from our heart and how we're thinking. And like you said, um, just looking at uh, the situation where we got people around us that 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 do little things and people don't know about them um, and still in the dark. Remember, that's what we're saying now, going back full circle about killing it. Because you know, you could say something nice and be nice, nasty. I, I used to, to love to just <laughs> it was intentional cutting people down with my words, right, and using my words to be skillful at tearing down. And you know the whole old saying about sticks and stones and break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's a lie, and we know that because we know that there is death and life in the power of the tongue. So being very intentional about what we're saying, listen, we have liberty to do whatever we want to do. All things are lawful, but not everything is expedient or beneficial for us. And if you see something in your life that you know is out of line with what God is convicting you towards doing, for you to know to do right and not do it for you, it is sin. Even if it's not spelled out clearly in the pages of the book. <laughs> if he's convicting you about that thing, that's what he's coming after in us individually so that we can be conformed to the image of his son, Christ. And we all got some work to do. And if you're saying that you haven't sinned, the word says you're a liar. We're a lie. There's some stuff, just that attitude of thinking we have done nothing is what he might be coming after. So I can speak real true about being religious. I was cynical, judgmental, and critical. Those are three characteristics of somebody that's religious, for sure. And I kept hearing it in my head, and I would stop it out of my mouth because you wouldn't hear it because I knew it was wrong. But God was still yet dealing with me on that on a personal, intimate, individual level. Mm-hmm. What is that thing you need to kill in you? Mm-hmm. You know. And the more, but that that's why we fast. Yeah. You hear me? That's why. Yeah. That's why we push back our plate. At the end of the yeah. day, the the key is humility right mm-hmm. so so all of this stuff is usually rooted in pride yeah i deserve something more i should be further i i me i'm gonna yeah. say what i want to say i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm gonna go on ahead and do this i'm gonna go on ahead and do that all of that stuff stems from a lack of humility humility comes from killing the flesh that's the only way. The only way to kill the flesh is to starve it. The only way to starve it is to fast. So there are people that will never experience a total victory because they refuse to change anything. They refuse to fast. Fasting is not a, a popular topic. It's not a common practice, which is why we have so many cussing preachers. Let me tell you how I know. of my friends are pastors and leaders, right? All my life, I never understood. But listen, carnality is real. Operating from the flesh is real. And what happens is, that's why the word says, when we walk in the flesh, right in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The only way to kill the flesh, listen, the only way to feel um, or, or fulfill a place of total victory is dying. 
all of the situations and circumstances that we go through that hurt, that are painful, guess what they're doing? Killing the flesh. Right? Not having a job, per se. For some of us, God will, will test us there. He tests us with our money. The word says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? So the things that we value that are have become idols in our hearts are the things that God comes after. How do you overcome it? You overcome it by pushing back your plate. Social media is not a fad. The telephone is not a fast. You don't have pains when you don't send a Facebook message. Try not eating for days and days and days and days and days at a time. Right? What you feel is your flesh fighting you, saying, eat, eat. And God, and Jesus gave us a perfect example. I know you've been on that 40-day fast, Jesus, but you can turn them rocks into bread. Eat that. I know you've been through a whole bunch of testing, but you can come down if you want to off that cross. The flesh has to die, and it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. However, it is doable if you want to do it. We make decisions every single day. The choice is completely up to you. Either you want to fulfill what it is that God has for you, or you want to keep doing what makes you feel good. That's at the seat of your soul. I think, I want, I feel. Anytime you have multiple eyes in a sentence, there is something in you that needs to die. Kill it. Those are the orders. Amen. It's 828, and Amen. I'm about to be late for the gym <laughs> so I can kill this flesh because it's got to die. Where I'm trying to get, I can't get there from here. Turn your volume down, whoever's on speaker. Yeah, wa water is fine. Juicing is fine. Just do, And all we're doing is from five to five. On Wednesday and Friday, I, I promise you, if I don't tell you nothing else, if you for real, in real life, commit your ways unto the Lord, and he shall strengthen thine heart. You are so worth the investment. Your future is so bright. God has things he's been trying to get into your hands, but it's like having a car to give to your 10-year-old. Well, you know they can't drive. They not responsible. You know they ain't got no license. He trying to license you to go further, to go higher, to reach further, to reach more people. But you got to cooperate with what's written of you. Some things come by prayer and fasting. You struggling with grief. You struggling in your flesh. You struggling with adultery. You struggling with fornication. You struggling with addiction. Kill that flesh and watch God deliver you. It's impossible to fast and not focus on God. It's impossible to focus on God and be stuck in addiction. It's impossible. It can't happen. So I just want to encourage you all. Um, I don't care what you did. I don't care what you've gone through. 
I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care what mistake you just made a minute ago. Listen, get over it. Forgive yourself. Submit your ways unto him and watch him do the work. Watch him do the heavy lifting. I promise at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and I've been doing this a long time, and I'm still not perfect, but I guarantee you this, I'm going to die trying. I'm going to die trying. Good morning. Amen. Good morning. Go ahead. Hi, this is Danielle. Hey. Great declaration this morning. Hey, I, I just wanted to ask, one of the sisters shared Matthew, and I didn't get the scripture in the uh, the Bible verse. Can I, can I get that again, please? I'm Matthew not sure. seven, Matthew 7, three, 3 to 5. Very good. Thank you. Love you for that. Love all of you people on the line. Have a great day. We love you back. Good stuff. All right, y'all. I'm about to go to the gym and kill this flesh. I love y'all. I pray you have a phenomenal day. Um, and I'll meet you all back here with Lady Diane. I don't know if Rochelle, I know Rochelle went fishing. Um, but we'll meet right back here today at 5 p.m. Uh, I encourage you to fast. You are worth it. Um, invest in your youth. We we going we going higher, y'all. I'm super excited. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing day here. You at 5 p.m. Amen. Bye bye. Love you. Amen. Bye. God bless you. Have a wonderful okay. day. Love everyone. Everyone. God bless, Have a Love bless you. everyone. Love you all. Love you. 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 Anybody, anybody? Yes, Dondria. I think that's Dondria. Yes, exit up 32. Thank you. Bye-bye.
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Praying for our youth. 